Welcome to Bigger Than The Hustle podcast, where I give you a fascinating insight into the world of real life entrepreneurs and how they live their lives outside their business. Every week, I bring you super interesting conversations about the energy, thinking, habits, mindsets, and disciplines that make them successful in their life, which in turn allows them to be successful in their business. It's powerful conversations, uplifting interviews, and a mega dose of solo inspiration from me. We dive right into what gives them the confidence to follow their own path and attempt to get unapologetically real so you can learn what it takes to show up in your life and live your truth unapologetically. Now today we're talking personal branding, we're talking authenticity and we're talking small business. Now these are things that resonate highly with me because I am a small business owner and a lot of the time I am the face of the business. So this guest I've been looking forward to talk to, her name is Megan and it's our third international guest actually, again over from Australia, another person that's left our shores and um, ventured out to the sunny beaches of Australia. So I'm not going to go into that too much, I'm going to let her introduce herself. So hi Megan. Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Not at all. Thank you for your time. Thank you for giving up your time. I know it's late. You've had a long day, but hopefully we are going to see you shine today. So I'm going to hand over the mic to you. If you can um, give a brief introduction to the listeners on who you are and what you do, and then we can go in the conversation from there. Well, I'm Megan McNeil, and like you mentioned, I am living down in Western Australia, and this accent is obviously not Australian. I am from the Highlands in Scotland, up near where uh, the Harry Potter train takes off, uh, where Loch Ness Monster is, etc. And I moved over to Australia eight and a half years ago. I used to watch Home and Away a lot, and people do ask why I came to Australia, and legitimately I watched a lot of Home and Away and I thought that doesn't look too bad (laughs) so off I went straight into Sydney then the two-hour public transport bus up to Palm Beach to try and find a river boy up on uh, Summer Bay did not find a river boy Uh, instead I found my way over to Perth in Western Australia which is the other side of the country most isolated city in the world and I've been here ever since and so I do personal branding. That has been my business for the last year. I've always worked in not-for-profits and it has been my job to obviously market them. And when you work for not-for-profit, anyone who's listening who works either for a not-for-profit or a small business, funds are limited. And I kept finding that the best way to get any kind of leverage for the business was to basically work with the the key people, presidents, CEOs, chairs, whatever the key people were within the organization. And I could get them a platform way easier than I ever could for the actual organization. And I didn't really realize it at the time, but that was me building their personal brands in order to bring the organization along. This is why I think personal branding is the easiest and cheapest marketing that any small business owner or not-for-profit can do because people just gravitate towards people. We don't gravitate towards logos, product services, nothing like that. All we're interested in is people, how they make us feel and that product and service alongside it is because it's sort of backed by a person. So you think of products we see celebs using them. You know, that's why they have ambassadors. That's why they use people faces behind them in order for us to kind of resonate with them or because we are 
trying to emulate them we want to be like them that kind of thing and the same with small businesses if you go to a networking event you gravitate towards the people that you like the most so take um take an accountant or a lawyer they are fairly boring professions you know you think of accountants being fairly boring go to a networking event and you might find five or six accountants but there will definitely be one that you'll gravitate towards because other than numbers they've got personalities they do other things there'll be something else that makes um, you click with them so that's why i think personal branding is so important and i'm really excited to chat to you about it so important personal branding for me um as a small business owner i've been a small business owner for over 20 years and we're in a very positive position in our business where we don't rely on advertising our all our business comes from recommendation and existing customers um, and I'm blessed for that because I am quite lazy in the advertising marketing side. I like to just, I, my, my ethos has always been just look after the people that come to you and you'll always be okay. I know it sounds not a great business plan, but it's worked for us. You know, look after the people that come to us, do a really good job. And there's no reason for them to go anywhere else. And all they'll do is recommend you to a lot of the people, right? Um, the old sort of marketing um, analogy of, if you do a good job, you know, so many people will tell so many people. And if you do a bad job, they'll tell even more people. If you just avoid the bad side of it, I know the amount of people that I've asked, so I need a plumber or I need an electrician. Who would you recommend? And they tell me, I don't look through anything. I just literally make a call and say, can you come and do the plumbing? That recommendation is generally more than enough that someone I trust and someone I know whose standards they are and they've had them and they've recommended them. That's enough for me. I don't need a million pound advertising campaign to tell me go to this person. So therefore, personal branding, I think, is now becoming so more, much more important as, especially with this time of COVID, we've gone through a time where lots of things have slowed down. A lot of big, big businesses have struggled because of the overheads, because of being dinosaurs and moving in a certain way. And it seems to be the time of smaller business, the entrepreneur, the local business, keeping things local, keeping, you know, when, when restaurants talk about locally sourced products and locally sourced food to, to shape their menus, that really resonates deeply with me. Now, okay, now let's talk about someone who's been on a journey for a while. So, I, you know, I've been on a journey for 20 years. Now, personal branding's, like I said, been important for me. Someone who's starting a business, someone who might be listed starting a business, what would you say is the importance of personal branding from your experience? And what little things can they do to try and start moving in this direction or putting it at the forefront of what they do? So first up, everyone has a personal brand. Whether you like it or not, you have one. It's basically what people think, feel and say about you when you're not in the room with them. And what you were talking about earlier, about how you've, um, you've basically been relying on word of mouth and referrals, that is because you've got a strong personal brand. People have to know who you are and what it is that you offer in order to be able to recommend you. So there's no point having a strong personal brand and being internet famous per se. So people know who you are, but they've got no idea what they would go to you for. Your, your whole aim is to be industry famous. So not to be looking for vanity matrix in terms of if you're building your brand online, who cares how many likes and shares and comments you have? Like it's brilliant for engagement and yes, it will get you out to more people. But in the beginning, it's less about how many, like those numbers and it's more about the actual 
real people that want to work with you and understand what it is you do. What's coming into your inbox? What's coming into your DMs? What's coming to you in terms of conversations when you're at live events? I know during COVID, there's a lot of people haven't been able to have that face-to-face. But if you're doing a good job online of telling people what it is you do, you should be able to walk into a room and the people you're already connected with should be able to have a conversation with you based around what it is that they believe that you do. So if you're starting out, my number one tip would be don't worry about being on every single platform because all you're going to do is end up trying to create content for half a dozen different platforms. You're not going to do a great job of it. You're going to be too busy focusing on that that you forget why it is that you even went into business. Try and think about where it is that your target audience is and not just your target consumer. Also, those people that will refer you, those people who you're relying on for word of mouth, because it's not always about the person you have that conversation with, but it's about who they know as well. And making sure that you're on the right platform to be able to have these conversations and to put out content where the right people are seeing what it is you do. And I'm a bit biased. I think LinkedIn is the place to be right now. The organic reach is amazing. It's um, professional network so we're seeing a lot less food porn a lot less kittens you know it's it's less fun but it's more this is what I do and this is how I can help you and I'm not a big believer in sales at all but I am a big believer in sharing what it is that you're doing and who you're helping and who you're surrounding yourself with that's what I would be doing I would be picking if I was starting out just now I'd be picking a platform I would be deciding what kind of content I want to put out there. And most importantly, what do I want to be known for? Just take a couple of minutes to actually write down what is it you want to be known for? Because that's the, everything that goes out should resonate back to what it is that you're known for. Mm. And also, is it, would you agree that it's about recognizing your own strengths? So if you're a good speaker, but you're not very good on the written front, try and look at some kind of video. Whereas if you're better on the written front, look at some kind of blogs or or, or written platforms as opposed to video um, to maybe start the journey, maybe adapt yourself as things go on. Yeah, 100%. If you can do videos, go for it because that content is so easy to then outsource to be made into other content if that's the route you want to take. For instance, um, I also have a podcast, but I do it as a LinkedIn Live. So that means that it goes out live to the world on LinkedIn, Facebook and YouTube. The next day, my assistant comes in, she rips the audio off that and she uploads it to Captivate and then I have a podcast. So there's two bits of um, content already. I've got video and I've got audio. Then at the end of the month, I take all the podcasts from, or the lives, the podcasts, whatever they are at that point, and I send them off to a copywriter. So at the end of the month, I then have all these blog posts that come in. So then I have got audio, written, and uh, visual. So that means that for whoever I'm trying to target, they are seeing it in different formats, whatever speaks Mm -hmm. to them. But I've only had to do one thing myself. And, you know, you can call it lazy or you can call it smart, but it's about making the most out of one piece of content. And I know that for if you're starting out, that's an expense, but there's lots of affordable ways to do something like that. But definitely, I totally agree with you. Focus on what, it, what your strength is to start with. Um, but I'm a big believer that done is better than perfect. So if videos are the end game, 
start putting them out now because they will be rubbish. They will be horrendous, <laughs> but you're not going to get to those good videos until you've got them out of the way. And it's better to start with them now than six down, six months down the line when you know, you're actually a bit more established and then you've got crap videos. Well, why not have half decent ones by this point? So, you know, make that your, your thing for 2021, just get it out there. It's so true. Um, I remember starting even when we started this podcast and I was like, um, I look back and I quite cringe at what, like, looking at myself and I'm like, you, like, you're umming and gnawing all over the place. You haven't got a clue what you're talking about. And it is true what you say. As soon for me, it's always been motion creates motion. Just start moving. Don't think about it so much. And then eventually things will start finding its groove and you won't, and almost you won't, when you first start, you're thinking about yourself so much in terms of how do I look, how do I sound, etc. And then it's some, at some point, there's a tipping point where you're like, I don't really care anymore. I just need to, you know, get the message across or, or, or do something. And then you realize that, you know, 0.1% of people in the world know you, 0.1% know of you. 99.9% have never heard you, never will. So there's not that much importance on you, really. So just enjoy your time and, and enjoy what you do, right? Oh, now, perfection will kill you. Perfection will, <laughs> it will. definitely kill the dream. <laughs> it's true. And perfection as well. What is perfection, really? You know, like they, someone's opinion, it's just an opinion, isn't it? It's your opinion on what you think the way things should be done. And someone else may look at that and say, actually, I won't do that and use a whole judgment hat. And then it's like, well, in your shoes, I would probably be judging me as well. But in my shoes, it's actually a decent thing. So we go into that moral, ethical um, drama, which I, I don't think anyone needs in our life. Oh, yeah, but let's just rewind back to what you said a minute ago about, you know, worrying about putting content out and how people will judge you. There are too many people that are starting a business or are in the middle of, have had a business for years. Just there's too many people that are about to create content and sit there and don't press send on it or publish or whatever the button says because they are so worried about what their peers will think about it. You are not creating content for your peers. You're creating it for someone you can help you're creating it for your ideal client and or people that might never be clients because they can't afford you or they're just not ready but you are helping them and that should always be what your, your end goal is if you're building your personal brand all it is is positioning yourself as an expert in what it is you're an expert where's your zone of genius start telling people start helping them stop selling to them not everybody can buy from you but if you put out enough value someone will eventually but remember to write or speak as if you are speaking or writing to an 11 year old because once you start using jargon or you know highfalutin words you're speaking to someone who is like you who's an expert who knows the those kind of words and those people don't need you so you need to dumb it down because people, you don't know what you don't know. So write it for someone who doesn't know and so that you can actually help them and stop writing and stop filming for your peers because yes, they might be checking you out, but if they're checking you out, that's good because that means they see you as a threat. Um, but really, as long as the people you can help are seeing it, who cares? I love that because I know a few people that just sprung to mind right now who are quite professional in their in their profession if you say and they're now trying to create something for 
outside of the profession. So they're trying to help people more close to them, local to them. And that's exactly the conversation I had with someone recently about, she said, oh, um, my peers will look down at me if I do this. And my answer to that was what you said. It's not about them. It's about who you're trying to help. And it's not about you either. What you have to understand is you have a skill. You have something that's been given to you. And if you can help more people in the way you want to help them, not the way the system has told you you have to help them. And, and I said also, why for you to think about it, that means you already that system does not resonate with you. You're not being as strong as you can. So by saying that I want to create my own content, I want to create my own video, I want to create my own website, or just even my own personal practice, where I can give service the way I want to, that's happening because something's falling down for you professionally. Because if it wasn't, you wouldn't even be thinking about this. So stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about all the people that that are out there that don't even know about you that you that you can potentially help but you're never gonna if you're gonna sit in your head and say you're not gonna do it um and that was my that was my good deed for for the day <laughs> oh yeah well hopefully you help someone with that because it's a mindset thing 100 hmm. percent a mindset i could not speak in public to save myself my mum still cannot believe the amount of public speaking I do, the amount of podcasts I do, videos, all of that, because the whole of my life I have avoided it like the plague. I would do anything not to. You know, in English class at high school, you had to do part of your grade was to stand up and do your presentation. I did all this work on it. I was so proud of it. I would practiced it at home, got up in front of the class, got told to sit back down because could not do it. Same thing happened in university, couldn't do it. Moved to Australia, started um, building my career. So I'm getting asked to speak at different engagements on, you know, on my industry. Um, I would just say, no, thanks. Just did not want to do it, which was detrimental to me building my brand. And then when I decided to build my personal brand and build my business, not even thinking about my personal brand at that point, I was like, well, if I don't get up and speak, who's going to do it for my business? Because no one else is. So it's definitely a mindset thing because I can tell you 18 months ago, you would not have found me on a stage yet. Now that's just part of, it's part of my business. And where do you think, you know, you said that during your younger years, so college, school, university, and then even at the start of your professional career was something that was, I think when you have a, a characteristic where you're more introverted than you are extroverted, you know, I'm, the same way I've always I've always been quite introverted all my life and it's only since I went to university and I came out of that I I um became a little bit more open to have being in group conversations I'm I still feel more comfortable one on one than I do in big groups and but I know I can switch it so I've become more of an ambivert I can switch it when I need to but if you give me what do I feel more comfortable give me one person we'll have we'll talk all day but give me 10 people that are looking at me and we're having conversation. I, I still have, I can deal with it, but I still feel a little bit uncomfortable. So for you, let's go back to your early days. So when you're at uh, um, college, university, etc. who was the most influ influential person in your life? Oh, um, honestly, my grandpa, um, my grandpa actually passed away when I was about 16, but I, as my mum's dad, um, I spent a lot of time with all of my grandparents because I was lucky enough to have them, um, 
all four of them for quite a while. It was quite a bit of my um, adult life. Um, but he just didn't see any limitations. There was no limitations for me as a girl. There was no limitations for me as anyone, as a young person. Um, I still remember um, him buying the Spice Girls CD, or I think it might have been a cassette at this point. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And um, he obviously hated the Spice Girls, but he bought it because he knew how much I loved them and he wanted to bond with me. He wanted to have something that, you know, was important to me as well. We read a lot. He... Um, used to tell lots of stories about different things like he was part of my education my unofficial education he um, is an absolute inspiration he went he was a electrical engineer and he worked his way up um, through the post office in, in Scotland in the UK and he did full-time education while working full-time and he was managing a big squad of guys in the post office while my mum was a baby. So he was studying at night while my mum was a baby. So he was extremely clever. Um, he just didn't see any limitations on anything. I did not, so, like I'm very much an advocate for um, gender diversity. I think that women deserve everything that men have. I was so unaware that there was a glass ceiling or there, there were barriers until I came to Australia because all of my life um, living in Scotland, I saw none because my mum was brought up by my grandpa and my grand, obviously, but particularly my grandpa with no limitations. There was nothing that she couldn't do. I was brought up by that same ethos as well. There was nothing that I couldn't do. If I wanted to do it, it was up to me to put in the work and I could do it. So he's probably one of my... Yeah, he, at that age, he would have been one of my biggest inspirations. Mm. And that shaping your environment in that way, like you said, that was your reality, right? At that point, you your reality of the outside world and, and the larger world were non-existent. Your reality was based in within those four walls, if you say, or within that family yeah. structure. Um, and that imp the importance of that, especially for... Young, as you're growing up and the influences you have, it's like my dad always had his own business. So, and a lot of my family have their own business. So having a business almost was the only option for me, even though going through the education system and, and being educated, it's, I saw that, that as freedom. I thought, but I never saw it as a lot of people where it's a big deal to open your own business. It was almost like, well, you, what, what do you mean you're going to get a job? You know, um, and that was the interesting thing for me and about shaping your environment. What's normal is like when we get up in the morning, we exercise, both me and my wife. And even though my kids, you know, they probably hate us for it and we try and get them to run and we try and get them to cycle, things like that. I know subconsciously something's going in because the normality for them is this. They don't know really anything else. They don't know how anyone else's parents live. They just know within our house, we eat well, we exercise, we try and talk about good things. And if that then, when they leave home, that hopefully they are quite strong, that when they see negative influences around them, they can then say, actually, no, my normal is this, so I'm going to try and sort of stick to that and try and surround myself with people that, you know, can, can mirror that. Now, that really excites me that you're saying that because um, psychology, I did geography and psychology at university, so I don't even know if there is a degree in personal branding. But anyway, that's not what I did. Um, it was geography and psychology. That. Maybe, that's yeah, well, right. maybe I need to. Um, <laughs> and psychology has always been my thing. I love it. 
not particularly great at it. I'm not going to be a psychologist or anything. Um, but I love the child development stuff. And I don't have any children of my own. But I know how important it is those first few years and how you're building all these building blocks within their head. And, you know, you're creating what is their normal is fantastic. I think that it's so important to have some kind of normal that is happy as a child. And like fitness, me and my husband are not particularly fit and healthy but if we ever have children I 100% want that to be their normal because I remember I used to love sport I'm never never particularly good at it but I loved sport in school and I did physical education then it came to um fifth year where you had to choose which ones you were going to take for your exams and you know what were what was going to get you into university and I had ticked PE I wanted to do physical education in fifth year and I got told no someone with your grades doesn't do PE you have to do a proper subject so I did I don't know chemistry or physics something like that took the place of it and it's probably even to this day my biggest regret because I've never been as fit as I was then because it wasn't part of my routine anymore and I just never did sport again not properly anyway so I think routines and and that being your normal I think is so important I think also with um, the way I look back at my own childhood and I look back at what, like you said, you know, your reality was um, inspiration, your reality was influential to you in terms of your granddad and that filtering down through your mum and, and, and through to you. Um, when we then leave to, you know, you've entered a new world now. So you're in Australia, you're in a different country and your cultures and your norms that you grew up with in Scotland obviously are completely different to your environment in Australia. Um, now, I know we carry them as people. So my culture, I'm, I'm from an Indian background. So my Indian culture is very strong. But then I have a, a British culture as well because I'm born here. So I have both and I get the best of both worlds. And that's the way I see it. I get the best of the British culture where we can celebrate Christmas and we can celebrate Easter and have more holidays. But we get to celebrate Diwali and New Year in my culture. And that stay, you know, that that's really important to me. And I wanted my children, I know it gets diluted over the years and over the generations where a lot of the time, you know, the, the cultures that my parents grew up with, they're less with us and they'll be less with them and less with them. But I always want them to have some kind of understanding of where they come from um, and, uh, you know, what's important, how, you know, what it was about my great granddad and about his dad and about my dad and me that then feeds into them. Because I think it's really important that if we know where we come from and we know what's actually created us, the genetic structure that's created us, that gives us a foundation to then bounce off to say, when things are tough, this is the strength I come from. This is the strength, you know, my, grand, my, my granddad struggled a lot. My grand, great-granddad struggled a lot as well. But they, their struggles have given me the life and the choices I have today. So therefore, I can never look down on that. And even though, you know, my dad made a lot of choice, one decision he made was to come to this country. And coming to this country in, at the time, because he was in India, then moved to Africa, and then moved to UK, that one decision has changed my whole life. And it's the key of that decision to then know that he struggled a lot when he came here for the first five to 10 years, probably. But he knew it was better staying here than going back to the life he had, because he knows he'd reached the ceiling. That was the plateau. That was the end. That was the, you know, that was the, and his decision was made for us. 
the children that weren't even born yet. And it's that kind of thinking process that really inspires me to say, you know, whatever we look at on ourselves, what are we building for that next generation and what kind of information we pass on to them so that they can then make better decisions for the generations that are coming along. It's about legacy. So for me, it's about legacy. It's about leaving a footprint. What kind of legacy do you want to leave in the world for everyone around you once you're gone? Oh, that's a big question. Um, I think you're so right in terms of, you know, if you think about personal branding, even there'll be hundreds, thousands of people that do exactly what you do, exactly what I do, but no one will have got to where we've got to in the same way. And diversity is really important. Like you have a very diverse story. I I also have quite a diverse story as well. What would my legacy be? Um, Look, quite honestly, I would just love to be known as someone who helps people fulfill their dreams. And that sounds really wishy-washy, but the clients that I work with, the majority of them would be successful. um, They're business owners or they're CEOs, people that have kind of reached a peak. So their financial motivation isn't as strong as someone who's starting out. They've, they've made their money, they're comfortable. Everyone always wants to make a bit more money, but they have got aspirations to leave a mark, to have a bill, um, have a legacy, to not be forgotten. And I want to be that person that helps them to be able to position themselves and make sure they're not forgotten. And obviously, I don't want to be forgotten either. I'll probably be remembered as, you know, that Scottish girl living down in Australia that never quite found a river boy, ended up with a Canadian. Um, I'm, I'm a connector. I'd love to be remembered as someone who connected you with someone else who was awesome and got some great opportunities. I want to be remembered as someone you had fun with. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all I want. I just want to make people happy and make sure that I help them with where they're trying to get to. And in that process, you make yourself happy as well, correct? It's, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. What's that saying? You know, if you love what you do, you don't work a day. You know, it, it's hard work starting a business. It's hard work building a career. And you've got to do that hard work, but eventually you'll come to a plateau where your main motivator isn't money. Your main motivator is happiness and it is fulfilling that legacy piece. It's um, about being remembered as someone who's good. Now, there's no, I don't, I personally don't think that we're all good people. I think we can be as good as we try to be, but there's no way that we are all good 100% of the time, you know, it's just not possible. So being the best version of ourselves and being happy is really all you can hope for because money, at the end of the day, you can't take it with you. Mm. And and money should be a financial financial consequence of what you do, not the reason you do it. Because as soon yeah. as the you know as soon as the money starts dipping, which in every business it does, and I know I've been through dark dark times with that, you can lose your drive and your motivation if that's the reason that you're doing it. Because if the reason is you want to help people, you want to support people, you will find a way and you'll see yourself through that. Um, and what I like about, I mentor younger people, so 18 to 21 year olds that are trying to start their own business. And a lot of them, the metric is not money anymore. And I, 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 I really enjoy those conversations because they're saying, well, I do want to make a difference. I want to do this and I want to do that. And if then I get paid for it or there's some financial consequences from it, brilliant. But if not, I want to still do it. And I love that. I love that 
conversation now because I know even on, in my time when we were growing up, so I'm, this is sort of school, so it's like 20, 30 years ago now. Um, so when we were at school and when we were going through college and university, rhetoric was always get a good job to earn good money. And that was it. There, you know, it was sort of like a, a box worker system where, you know, the school's going to create this box system to create this output of workers and you go and work and you earn money and then you buy a house and then you settle down and you buy a car and then you, you die. You know, that, it's almost like that, that was the rhetoric. And I'm so glad that that conversation is changing because we as human beings, we have so many facets, don't we? We have so many things that make us who we are. And that sixth sense of energy where, like you were talking about happiness, we walk into a room and we know if we're in a happy room and we're not in a happy room without anyone even speaking. And I believe that when we are vibrating at a happy level, we attract that into our lives. We attract the people that are also resonating on that level. And then when we are miserable and fed up, well, that's what the energy we're giving off without any words being exchanged. And that's, for me, really important to understand because... Like you'll know, you are, you'll be surrounded by people that are important to you. And sometimes, and they say you're a byproduct of those people, right? So the four mm-hmm. or five most important people around you, you are in a similar circle, if you say, or you think in a similar way or things, similar things important to you. If that doesn't serve you anymore, and this is, again, with younger people I talk to, if the people, your, your friends or the people that surround you don't serve you anymore, you need to move. You need to find yourself a new circle that is going to inspire you or move you up to that generation. doesn't mean you, you just say, I walk away, I don't have anything to do with you, but try and create some distance that, for the people that don't serve you anymore and move into a space where you are resonating at a vibration level that is so much higher to create that version of yourself that the world needs to see. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Look, I think that there are lots of people that are very toxic to your life and you need to get rid of. Um, And I think, you know, you are what you consume, not just um, edible, but, you know, social media, anything that goes in starts warping your your mind. You know, who you go and have coffee with in those conversations, that starts to come into your mind as well. Um, I am a total sponge. Like, I'm so empathetic. It's, you know, it's detrimental to me. If I am around people who are super happy, that will just, I'll be pinging after that because I just sap up all this happiness. Likewise, if I'm in a room of, like, miserable people, I will just be down. I will also zap all that up and just be doom and gloom I just I just absorb everything so yes there is absolute proof that you are a byproduct of the people you surround yourself with but I also think that it's really important that you have different sets of people you know for different purposes you're I I see a lot of quotes on like Instagram and stuff like that about you know your friends should be people that um, level you up and that are just as smart as you and make the same like make lots of money so that you're all growing together and all this kind of stuff don't believe that for a minute I think some of your closest best friends that are not professional friends these are your best friends that you go for brunch with you go for drinks with that you celebrate you know the personal milestones they can be of any kind of background they don't have to be these high flyers that are going to bring you to the next level they are people who make you happy whereas yes in your professional circles yeah definitely network up you know leverage off that you know start using them as ladders and learning from them growing and you know making your way through it but remember that you can't dump um 
yes, that's the best term. You can't dump your friends, your school friends or your long-term friends just because they don't have the same aspirations as you because they still serve a purpose. They make you happy and that is important. You can't buy that. And that's the grounding of life, isn't it? That's the grounding which a lot of the time you need, whereas sometimes you can be like a balloon and start flying off and they're the string that pull you back and say, actually, you know, you know, this is what you're about, Megan. This is how we smile and this is the this is the things that make you the person you are so when you go into the world in whatever realm or whatever professionalism that you do you can just enter as as a strong person because you know the foundation beneath you it's like you know when they say as you get older you can count your true friends on one hand and i i'm i i wholeheartedly agree with this you know 100 (laughs) percent agree with this and moving forward if then you then decide to cho- you choose because I the way I see it, I choose to bring people into my life now. If some people come in, it's my choice. It's not where you have that um, success when you're younger of num- the numbers game. I have 500 friends that gave me a Christmas card this year, right? And it was that numbers game. And now it's a case of you no, know, the quality of who's in my life makes me who I am. So if I'm then going to sp- use my time, which is my precious resource to spend time with someone it has to be important for both of us not just for them not just for me for both of us that we know we're helping and supporting each other through whatever it is and if i choose to bring you into my close circle it means you are important and i will give you my time just likewise it's a symbiotic relationship isn't it where you you all sort of vibe off each other and i think that's really really important yeah I really agree with that. I think, um, you know, you talked about how you do mentoring as well. And I've done a bit of mentoring as well. Um, And a lot of my clients, because of the stage that they're at, they all do mentoring as well. And it's not, you know, you think that the mentee is the one that gets everything out of that relationship because, you know, they're getting the wisdom and the knowledge and experience of this mentor that they've got. I can guarantee you every single person that I know who is a mentor and is a, a real mentor doing it for the real reasons, they get so much more from their mentees than they feel that they ever give to them because it's a two-way street. And if you are actually open to it, you can learn so much from people who haven't been there yet. New perspectives, um, just a new way of looking at things, new energy. Someone who hasn't been through it has got all this energy and optimism and can relight it for you. So I think that these relationships that we're talking about are super important. You've got your personal ones, you've got your professional ones, you've got your mentor-menteeship ones, you've got your masterminds, you've got your, your, your client kind of relationships, you've got your business friends, you know, you've got so many levels of relationships, um, but you're so right, they have to all serve you. And if they don't, it's not about being rude and cutting people, it's just about distancing and making sure that they keep you alight. So we're talking about inspirations. Um, Who do you think inspires you most today? Oh, my mum. Always my mum. She's probably my biggest fan. The one that keeps me the ground, probably grounded the most. She is... She's my, I keep saying this, um, she's probably my unofficial business partner because I, 
I check a lot of things by her. I had my first business when I was 22. I just left university, moved back to a small country town and thought, I'm far too big for this town. I, what can I do? And started an events company and Facebook had just started. So I was doing marketing and I think I had half the town. Um, I was managing their Facebook pages for them because I was about the only person in town at this stage that knew how to work them. Um, so I was doing all of this stuff, which was great. Um, but my mum helped me so much. Like I couldn't have done any of it without her. She's never had a business in her life. Mum and dad are not business minded people. They are, you go and you work a job and you work it for life and, you know, you work your way up type thing. Mum was extremely successful. She was headhunted all around the UK. She was the youngest um, post, uh, post office manager and female post office manager as well. When I was a kid, I probably didn't realize how successful she was as a kid because you don't it's just your mum my dad is such a hard worker he's not um, he's extremely smart he's not book smart didn't do a lot of education was just too busy trying to get out but he he would say he's lazy but he's so innovative like he just he'll find a shortcut and an easier way to do it because he's inventing and he's innovating and he'll say it's because he's lazy I don't see it like that at all I see it as most great innovations are from people who are trying to find shortcuts and make it easier and make it quicker so that's brilliant so my parents Parents are, you know, they're not perfect parents, but they're perfect for me. I love them. They um, they inspire and motivate me. They haven't got a clue what I'm doing running a business. They don't understand why I'm running a business because, like I said, you go and you get a job. That's really what their mindset was, but they support me 100%. They listen to all my podcasts. They watch all my lives. Um, you know, my mum likes to tell me about my typos because I can't spell to save myself. So I'll get a message at least once a week. You Did you mean this? Um, you know, I have to go in and edit posts because generally, yes, I did mean what she thought I meant. Um, so yeah, they're they're my inspiration. They're why I do this as well because you know they've always provided for me. Yeah, I'm not a spoiled brat by any means, but they've always looked after me and supported me. So I want to be able to be in a position where I'm able to support them and that they're proud of what I'm I'm doing as well. So yeah, them, mom and dad. <laughs> And you can provide them now a nice warm environment for them to visit, right? From Scotland to Australia. Oh, it's warm, all right. This is a warm environment for them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's brilliant. It's so beautiful that you said that. And did it, someone said something to me recently, which made me think about this. They said, do you know when someone inspires you or you're inspired by people, the reason you're inspired by them is because you already have that in you. And that's something okay. that made me think. Because I always felt, I always thought inspiration was something outside of you that you sort of draw upon and therefore it, you, you, you can become it or, or you, it motivates you that. But the reason that certain people inspire you is because you see that in yourself and therefore that's what's coming out of you. And I thought that was really an interesting concept where you can just think about it, just take time to think about it and think, actually, that's probably true. And especially if it's your parents, because you know you're going to have a little bit of both of them and, and, and it's sense. funny when my dad when my dad um so he listens to the to mine and then he look like i said he'll give me feedback on whatsapp 
I didn't like you swearing in that bit, so can you try and cut that out? You know, yeah, yeah. So you know, some... I got that as well. My mum was like, "Oh, I, I enjoyed that one, but perhaps you don't swear next time. You might offend some people." To my, which I responded, "Well, if they're offended, they don't want to work with me anyway." Which was probably the teenager Megan coming out of me, but she's she's probably right. Yeah, exactly. But it's so nice to have that feedback, and there's so so many. <clears throat> conversations I've shared and so much I've shared about myself that probably they didn't know because I do talk about some personal things and it's quite nice that they hear those things as well because there's you know even though we have especially now not so much when we're younger but so much now we have a lot more open relationship where we can be more open with each other but when it well, when we were growing up so my dad was the authority figure my mom was the mom the homemaker and most of the stuff that we had to figure out, you know, like the going out, the drinking, the, you know, the sex, all those things were done with friends, as in you work out with your mates rather than going to your parents. And I never had that conversation with my parents. It was sort of not hidden, but it was, it was uncomfortable um, because traditionally Indian parents, they don't have that experience because they've come from Indian Africa and they're trying to work it out as it is when they're here. So we're growing up here and these are the new influences around us. So with my kids now, those conversations are almost normal because we've been through that. And it's nice to have that open door policy with my kids that nothing is out of bounds. You can say what you want and speak about what you want, because if it's open at home, then it's not going to be something that you struggle with when you're out of the house. So I'm glad that we can sort of move that forward conversation. And again, I think if it's normal for them, for their kids if they ever decide to have any and my son and my daughter both said I don't think I want kids knowing it and they can see themselves as third parties they can say we we see how annoying we are so I don't want a parent to deal with someone like me so I thought that was quite an interesting concept so at this um junction Megan um we're sort of heading over to the end of the podcast now so really like to thank you for your openness and your honesty today um we, you, you've come across and you've been very authentic and I really like that. And I just like having people around me in conversations that it's not about the veneer, it's not about the, you know, the, the, the high life. It's about the, the cuts and bruises that make us the people we are because that's the humans that people need to see. Everyone's fingerprint is different and everyone's fingerprint needs to be touched to under, be understood. And it's our words that express that out of us. So, you know, I'd like to thank you at this juncture. Now, a couple more questions before we end, we just so that the listeners get a better understanding about you and understand who you are as a person. So now let's fast forward 150 years into the future where you've done everything you've wanted to. You've lived a strong life. You've personal branded everything that you know of and you've done so much more given out books, you've raised a generation which understand the importance of being an authentic person to, to, to share their light in the world. So now we're reaching the end of our, the, the last moments of your life where you haven't got enough energy to speak, but you've got energy to write down three words. Now these three words have resonated with you all your life and they, you, help, you, you hope by sharing these three words, they can help the people that are listening. What would those three words be for you? Three words. Oh, I've got to distill it down to three words. Basically, what I want to say to them is that do it as soon as you think about it. Mm. Don't wait. Do it. Because the sooner you do it, the sooner it's a success or the sooner it fails. Mm. You know, fail fast, 
go on to the next thing. Mm. So do it as soon as you can. That's way more than three words. There you go. So, do do you it re- now. Re- there you go, three. Do it now. <laughs> do it anyway as well. Do it yes. anyway, right? Yes. Perfect. And I see that resonating out of you. Where it's, it's just a case of actually just get on and move. Because like I said, it's not that important. In your head, it's really important, right? It's not that important. And when you understand that, once you get it out there, then you can start moving with it. So brilliant. Yeah. I think that's a really good one. Well, um, here's another three. Get over yourself. Because half the time, people don't do it because of their ego, because they don't want to have it bruised. And it's not about you. It's about who you can help. We've said this so many times before. And yeah, it does. I think you can say that to a 15-year-old, but that won't matter that comes with age where you you get over the embarrassment you get over you know the worry about what other people think but really get over yourself mm. not about you <laughs> and it's, like i said it's not about me it's about we right it's about yeah. how we come up together it's not about me so perfect yeah now um this podcast is called bigger than hustle and right now you're bigger than the world so i've sourced a mic which is connected to 7.58 billion people on this planet they can all hear you, they're all awake and they're all listening and there's no language barrier and they're all conscious. If you had a message to share for the world for the next 30 seconds, what would that message be? Good morning. (laughs) You are wonderful. You will do amazing things. And there is someone out there who needs you, someone who actually needs, wants and is waiting for you. So get out of bed and show them what you've got. Mm, brilliant and that's the best way to end a podcast because as soon as people switch this off hopefully they will do exactly what you said there get up and go and make a difference for you know i've always said try not necessarily the world but make a difference in your world and that's the people around you and the things that are important to you and the things that make you happy so if we got more happy people in the world, the world will be an awesome place. And that's what hopefully we can share by sharing this message, by having this conversation and being the person you are, Megan. I know you're already doing that over in Australia. Um, somewhere I've not been. So it's somewhere that definitely is on my checklist as soon as the authorities allow us to travel. Um, oh, yes. And if I do enter your world i will look you up and we will meet up so uh, thank you so so much for your time is there anything else you'd like to say before we go i just want to thank you so much because this is probably the most open podcast or conversation that i've had publicly anyway and it's actually wasn't nearly as uncomfortable as i thought it would be um it's surprisingly easy to be authentic and that really is, you know, the key to personal branding is authenticity, which is overused because it's so true. And, you know, when I work one on one with people to help build their personal brand, it is all about authenticity because otherwise I would be creating actors and actresses. And that is not what I do. Mm. So thank you so much for today. I, it's been great. I love it. Perfect. Perfect. And one quote from Dolly Parton I had recently, it's like, she said, Go out and find out who you are and do it more and do it properly because the world needs to see you, no one else. And I thought that, oh, yeah. That's brilliant. 
and yeah. also Dolly Parton. If my mum does listen to this, I reckon that she will have Jolene stuck in her head because we do like to sing that together. I mean, I sing it, she crucifies it, but, you know, we <laughs> sing it together. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So thank you so much, Megan. Now you can go and enjoy your evening and, um, and, and share your, continue to share your light in Australia. Continue to be who you are. Um, I know we talked just before the podcast about stuff that you can help me with, and I know I will be contacting you about that next year. So thank you again for your time. Thank you for giving up your time at this time. And um, hopefully we will be talking soon. So no, thank thank you. Honestly, thank you because this has been fantastic and really it's just a conversation. You are the one giving a platform and you're the one sharing everybody's stories. So thank you very much. Not at all. Thank you. So as we head over to the end end of this podcast, I was uh, Bhavik Patel. I'm the host of this podcast. And just a few thoughts to leave you with. Big energy leads to big thoughts. Bigger thoughts lead to big ideas. Big ideas lead to big actions. And big actions lead to a big life. So keep thinking big. Until next week, goodbye.